What do you want to be when you grow up? What are you going to do with your life? Those have always been pretty easy questions for me to answer, though I know they are incredibly daunting for lots of others. I'm that weird kid who knew exactly what he wanted to do with his life until I changed up and knew the next exact thing I wanted to do with my life. In an effort to be helpful, our middle school gym teachers gave us a quiz that would help us determine what gifts and skills we have and how that could translate into a career. Before taking the quiz, I looked at the back of the book where they had a list of careers, um, a list of potential careers, and it was in that moment that I decided exactly what I wanted to be when I grew up, a corporate lawyer. Because in the next column, they had the average salary line, and $500,000 a year sounded, well, it sounded pretty good to me. So then I took the quiz, and wouldn't you know what the quiz said I should be when I grew up? A corporate lawyer. Funny how that works. So that's what I was going to be until I went to high school and had a couple of amazing math teachers. My own father was a math teacher, and I had some sort of aptitude for math. So I decided exactly what I was going to do with my life. I was going to be a high school math teacher, which is a complete 180 in terms of, you know, an expected salary line. But it's okay. And that lasted until I got my call to ministry, and then I knew exactly what I wanted to be when I grew up, which was a pastor. Whether you were like me and knew all along what you wanted to be when you grow up, even if that changed a couple times along the way, or if you never knew and still don't know what you want to be when you grow up, one thing we all want is purpose in life. One thing we crave is purpose. People like me mask their desire for purpose by constantly having a purpose. I actually cannot comprehend people who are meandering through life. Like, I have no frame of reference to understand it. it I'm not trying to say it's a bad thing, but it just doesn't compute within my weird brain. But I digress. Regardless, purpose is something we are all looking for in life. And it is what we are going to talk about this morning as we continue in our sermon series about seeking God. For in seeking God, we are seeking purpose. And in seeking purpose, we are seeking God. Our scripture for today picks up where we left off last week, although in a decidedly different place. We read last week the baptism of Jesus story as told by Matthew. This week, we switch gospels, moving over to John. And this is how he describes the baptism of Jesus. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him, and I myself did not know him. But the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. 
In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we get a straightforward telling of the baptism of Jesus. In John, we don't get anything from the actual event itself, but we get John's reflection on the event to his followers. And what we see is that the significance of the event was plain from the start. John experiences something powerful in that moment, and it changes his outlook on ministry, on his purpose, and on the shape of history altogether. Until now, John has his own ministry and has gathered his own following. But after he baptized Jesus, he immediately starts pointing his followers to Jesus and away from himself, which is a point we'll return to later, which is what in the business we call a teaser. But for now, the story continues. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus followed them, or saw them following, sorry, and asked, what do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon's Peter, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who fo- had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. So those of you who are familiar with the story of Peter and Andrew might remember another story about Peter and Andrew and their call to being disciples. And it might be a little confusing. In the other Gospels, the story is told a different way. Peter and Andrew were fishermen. And in the the other version of the story, they were fishing with their father when all of a sudden a man walks up to them and tells them to follow him and that he will make them fishers of men. That man was Jesus. And Peter and Andrew dropped their nets and immediately followed Jesus. So how do we reconcile that story with this different story of Peter and Andrew found in John's gospel? I think the answer comes in acknowledging that John was the last gospel written. And it's possible that he had access to the other stories that the other gospels told about the callings of Peter and Andrew. In that case, the differences in the story might tell us something important about Peter Andrew, and our own search for purpose. In this version of the story, Peter and Andrew aren't fishing with their father. They aren't learning the family business. They aren't doing what they've always done because they've always done it. Instead, they have left their father and mother. They have left the family business. They have left everything that is comfortable, everything that is familiar, everything that is safe, and they are on a quest They have chosen to follow John the Baptist, the witness to the light, the one who prophesied about the coming of the Messiah. Now, in that day and age, figuring out what you wanted to do with the rest of your life wasn't a problem. It wasn't an issue. You did what your father did. If Peter and Andrew are not learning to do what their father does, it means they have renounced that way of life and are on a quest seeking a higher purpose. They have 
run away from home. They're seek, but they did it to seek a higher calling. They're seeking what God wants for them. And that makes them not so different from us. That makes them not so different from you and me. I bet Peter and Andrew could have been fishermen. I bet they could have followed in their father's footsteps. I bet they probably would have been pretty good fishermen. And it would have been fine. But they would have spent a lot of time wondering. Wondering if they were really making an impact. Wondering if they were leading a life worth living. Wondering if they had real purpose in this life. And those are questions that we wrestle with all the time. We go to work. We raise our families. We buy a house. We do all these things that are necessary and important, but do we have purpose? Are we leaving an impact? Are we being personally fulfilled and are we paying something forward? These are big questions. And they're haunting questions. They're nagging questions. They're questions that grab hold of us and won't let us go. There are these stupid games that I play on my iPhone. Real, real confession, safe space. Like Angry Birds. Isn't it fun? I have, a, I have a FIFA golf game that I play. My son has games on my phone, so we can go out to restaurants. Um, and one of them involves shapes and putting shapes into the right places. And all of these games have different levels. So part of the goal is to accomplish what you have to do in that level. Defeat all the pigs and rescue all the little birds in this level of Angry Birds. Hit this many drives into a big circle in the fairway. This is what I do with my free time. Feel free to judge accordingly. <laughs> now, th there are many games like this, uh, so if you have these on your phone, you know what I'm talking about. But in some of these games, there's a secondary task. Not only are you supposed to do the primary thing and beat the level, but you also want to score as many points as you can in the completion of the task so you can get three stars instead of one or two. Again, if you have played these annoyingly addictive games, you know exactly what I'm talking about. At the beginning, you're mainly concerned with just beating as many levels as possible and not terribly concerned about the stars. But at a certain point, you go back and replay the early levels to make sure you get the maximum amount of stars on each level. Why? Because there's lots of time in the day. For part of life, we are just focused on accomplishing things. Getting through school, getting a job, starting a family. But at some point, we start to become concerned with how well we are doing on each stage. What sort of kids am I raising? What sort of example am I to my family? What kind of person do I want to be? At a certain point, we want to know that the life that we are building for ourselves is one that means something. Andrew and Peter were seeking that same thing. And because they were seeking something else, some more meaning and purpose in life, they were there on the day that Jesus walks by John. And they hear John cry out, Here he is, the Lamb of God. Here is the one I've been talking about. Here is the one I've been saying will come after me. Here is the one I came here to point you to. 
and Peter and Andrew leave John to follow Jesus. Now, this step should not be overlooked. Peter and Andrew would have renounced a lot to follow John. We talked about that, how they would have left their parents' house. They would have left their career. They would have left everything they'd known to go be a disciple of John. And they would have committed their lives to being a follower of John. So leaving John is no easy step. When John points to Jesus and says, here is the Lamb of God. Here is the one whom I said was to come. It presents Peter and Andrew with a choice. Would they stay with their teacher, John, their rabbi, or would their commitment to the quest of seeking purpose hold sway? Would they admit that they'd found their life's purpose in following John? Or would they believe John's words that true purpose could be found only in following Jesus? We are offered that same choice. You're here today because at some point in your search for meaning and purpose in life led you to church. Maybe you thought that in order to raise good kids, they needed the same moral formation that you had and you brought them here. Maybe you felt God calling to you, and that same God could give you the purpose that you're looking for. Maybe you are in love with the teachings of Jesus and feel that those are the way to live a purposeful life. Whatever the reason, part of why you are here is to find some greater purpose than a life spent without God. The church says that Jesus is the way to that purpose. The church says, behold the Lamb of God. The church offers an understanding of a meaningful life. But then the ball is in your court. You have to follow. You have to leave behind the other ways of life, some other teachings. Peter and Andrew had to leave John, had to leave their teacher, and had to follow Jesus. We see this because when they meet Jesus, they call him rabbi. They don't say, I'm Excuse me, sir, can I ask you a few questions? They don't make Jesus try out or audition. They don't dip one toe in the water. They're not rabbi shopping. They hear John say, this is the guy, and immediately they call him rabbi. What do you need to leave behind in order to follow Jesus? What in your life do you know is keeping you from fully embracing the purpose-driven life of following Christ? We have examples of people in the Gospels who wouldn't leave something behind. The Pharisees wouldn't leave behind their own notion of meaning and purpose. For them, following the rules was what gave them purpose. They couldn't embrace Jesus because they couldn't leave behind their rigid rules. A rich young ruler wanted to follow Jesus. Jesus told him to sell all that he had and give it to the poor. The rich young ruler couldn't give up his stuff couldn't give up his wealth. Purpose for him was in his possessions, and he couldn't leave it behind. And while Judas does follow Jesus for three years, ultimately he betrays Jesus because Judas can't give up on his own notion of what salvation is. Judas wanted a salvation from the Romans. He wanted a Messiah who would restore the Davidic throne. Jesus was doing something different. And Judas betrays Jesus. What do you need to leave behind to fully embrace Jesus? Peter and Andrew have left their father in a search for meaning and purpose. 
They believe that they have found it in Jesus and they have left John to follow Jesus. When Peter and Andrew go to Jesus and express their desire to follow him, Jesus gives them a peculiar invitation. He doesn't give them a teaching. He doesn't give them advice. They ask a simple question, where are you staying? He doesn't say the Holiday Inn down the street. Instead, he says, come and see, which tells us something about our own search for meaning and purpose. Jesus tells them to come and see. He invites them on a journey. He invites them to follow, but not to follow like to follow on Twitter or the way we follow an author or a philosopher. Jesus invites them to follow him around, both to the place that he is staying and for the next three years. A life of purpose is not something that will come through learning rules or having the right outlook on life or through some sort of enlightenment. Jesus offers us purpose, but that purpose is a lifetime of following, a lifetime of discipleship. The purpose that Jesus offers is something that can only be lived out day by day. When we come here seeking purpose, when we come to God hoping for a meaningful life, we have to expect that purpose and meaning will be found as we daily follow Christ. Meaning and purpose will be found when we live out our discipleship in real life. If you're just coming to church hoping to have purpose or meaning imputed to you, if you're hoping to receive them by osmosis, you'll be disappointed. This is something you have to work at. This is something you will have to do. This is something that requires your participation. Are you willing? Are you ready to follow, to do, to get involved? Are you willing to do the things that Jesus tells us to do without reservation? Because it will take your life. It will cost your life. But you will find that you receive a life unlike any other. Now, so far in this sermon, I've already given you some homework which is annoying of me, I know. But you're going to have guest preachers for the next three weeks, so I'm giving you lots of assignments to do while the substitute is here, and we'll come and talk about it. But despite that, I have one more homework assignment for you. Three homework assignments, three weeks of a guest preacher. It's, it's all working out, I'm telling you. While you're doing the tough, introspective work on yourself, while you're thinking about what you need to give up in order to fully embrace Jesus and how you will respond to Jesus' invitation to follow him day in and day out, there's something you can do with your friends and neighbors and coworkers. You see, we aren't the only people looking for purpose. We aren't the only people seeking meaning. We aren't the only ones asking big questions like what am I doing with my life and am I making a contribution? And we who have some answers can help others in their search. And to do that, we need to emulate John the Baptist. We take it for granted what John does at the beginning of our story, but it's really incredible when we think about it. John has developed his own following. John is doing his own ministry. John is doing his own things that have meaning and purpose. John is giving other people meaning and purpose. But when John sees Jesus go by, he points to Jesus and says, that's the guy. Follow him. He's the one who can give you real meaning and purpose. And he loses followers 
to people who leave him to go to Jesus. He sends his followers away to go to Jesus. There's someone in your circle that could use a little Jesus in their life. There's someone in your circle who is looking for the meaning and purpose that following Jesus brings. There's someone in your circle who wants to make a lasting, eternal impact. And you know how they can do it. What are you doing about it? Are you pointing to Jesus? Are you saying, behold, this is God's chosen one? So many people in life are looking for purpose. And they're looking for it in the wrong places. They can find it in God. They can find it in Jesus. And we can help them. We just have to point. Let us pray. Almighty and all-loving God, you've told us to come and follow you. You've told us to be your disciples. And that if we do, if we give up the other ways that we can build our lives and instead build it on you, that we will gain a life that's worth living. God, we come here today seeking that life, searching for that meaning and for that purpose. We come here to make an eternal impact. So God, we're here to follow you. Help us. Keep speaking into our hearts. Keep giving us the wisdom. Help us to follow you more and more closely. Give us grace and peace in knowing that as we say more, say, saying no to more and more of the things that we need to leave behind, that we are stepping more and more in sync with you. Give us eyes to see where you're leading us. Give us ears to hear your voice. And give us courage to find those people in our lives who are searching for you, who are searching for the meaning and purpose and the life that you offer them. And tell them where they can find it. Give us courage to be your witnesses in the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.